It's Albert and Cameraman Cam. We're back with a, another hot, spicy episode of the Moto, Aca- Moto Academy <laughs> podcast. Episode 32. 32. These things take forever to accumulate. The number one podcast in the world. 32 of them, though. That's pretty good. Hey, but think about it. We're like kind of not really closing in on a year of doing this, if you think about it that way. You know what I mean? We're over halfway. I suppose. We're just getting started, folks. Download us wherever the heck you got to download us. Download the Moto Academy app if you want to watch full episodes. And uh, I made another main event, so things are different now. I did it right out of the heat race. <clears throat> so things are definitely different now. I just yes. want to let everybody know that right off the bat. We're yes. going to start with that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is about Indy. You hate the cold, mm. but you love Indy, you know? Yeah, all the cold races that I hate the temperature outside are all of the races, incidentally, that I do well at. Minneapolis, Indianapolis, St. Louis. I think it's because they're all in that same region of the country that has softer. And what happens, and at this, I feel like every racer kind of agrees with this like reed would always have his tracks that when he went to like you know he would do well like any any racer just like you get a good vibe at a stadium or a certain city and then it almost seems like you do well there every year like every year we've gone to st louis i do well you know what i mean and yeah it's the dirt but it's also like you just ha- kind of have confidence going back to that stadium so yeah, yeah. but it was fun i'm actually other than the beginning part of Houston, I'm having a lot of fun doing these. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. My, minus the first part of the day at Houston. Every race since then, I've been having a lot of fun. What do you so think is making the, it fun? Mm. Uh, being really comfortable on the bike is super helpful. Yep. I'm not riding scared. It is actually fun to be out on the track, which a lot of years in the past, it wasn't fun to be out on the track. I was like praying for the checkered flag to come out. This year, when the checkered flag comes out, minus the heat race this weekend because I was completely exhausted, I'm like, ah, man, I want to ride more. Like in all the time qualifiers, I wanted to stay out there longer. I wanted to ride more. And when the checkered flag came out, I was just bummed about it. So that, the team we have is awesome. It makes it so much fun. Um, and I guess that's it but that's all you need comfortable on the bike and have a good team sure the team is rad I mean yeah I genuinely look forward to it you know what's so what's interesting is like in our schedule during the season for a little insight for everybody it's like I don't know about you but the only time that I like rest is in the airport on the way to Supercross yeah. Um, basically, that Friday, the travel day Friday to go to the rounds is like the day to relax. And like, because Saturday is crazy. Sunday, I'm editing on the plane. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm editing. Friday, I'm usually still editing, but at least I get to relax a little bit. It's not as crazy um, with flights and stuff. But it's like, I genuinely look forward to landing Friday and hanging out with everybody. Like we just have a good, we just have a good group. Do you get in really late this Friday? I land at like six, so not bad. Oh, that's right. Okay, so yeah. I'm not sure what time I land, but I don't have class on Friday, so I assume a normal time. Hey, I get to go to a class. I don't know if you knew this. 
This when? Uh, Where? The day before Atlanta. Oh. Um, Have we, you been to Scrub and Dirt before? Yeah, we did that with Plessinger. That's when I right. got COVID. <laughs> right. Yep. Right. Yep. Good and memories. almost almost gave it to Aaron Plessinger. Whoops. Um, Oopsie daisy. Sorry, buddy. He was fine, clearly. Anywho, or anybody else at that class for that matter. <laughs> Well, anywho. Um, so we have a class the Friday before Atlanta. Yeah, because we have a weekend cool. off the weekend before. Um, so, yeah, I'm flying in Thursday, which I'm stoked for. I haven't been to a class. Hey, speaking of which, shameless plug, anybody at going to that class before Atlanta who wants to donate a dirt bike to Cameraman Are you gonna Cam? Bring, you're going to bring gear, obviously? Yeah, I think I should. I haven't ridden in so long. That'll be my first opportunity, too. Well, so if that track is very fun yeah i didn't get to ride it last time it looked super yeah. flowy and like yeah look good uh speaking of fun tracks the deer creek track that i just taught at yesterday in arkansas insanely fun yeah i was so impressed when i pulled up and and pulled in the gate you couldn't see the track yet and it kind of looked like a brand new dirt driveway but it like looked a little washed out and a little sketchy i'm like uh-oh and it's in Arkansas. I don't really know much about Arkansas. I'm like, okay, hopefully James did his research on this one. And then I finally get up close to the track and holy cow, it was such a fun layout and amazing dirt. Yeah. So that, yeah, Deer Creek will definitely be on our list for once a year class. Good Lord. What Dude. is that? Oh my gosh. Again. Tampa... Counting down the weeks. Only a couple weeks left. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. You couldn't pay me to live in a city, to be honest with you. No. I think I've said this like a, probably a million times, but I just couldn't do it. Like two weeks left. And you want to know what? Still don't know where we're going to live. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there's that. But we will figure it out. Yeah, April uh, oh, 1st is Also, project. before I forget... I do want to talk a lot about race day, but um, driver Jamie, got to give driver Jamie a shout out. Mm. We know mm -hmm. he's driving somewhere right now. I don't know where he's on his on his way to, but he's definitely listening to this podcast. He hey, he filed a couple formal complaints about the last podcast. No, it was the episode one thirty. That. Episode thirty. <clears throat> episode thirty. So if if other people agreed that they didn't like episode thirty, our apologies. But our soundboard was Driver Jamie, and if Driver Jamie tells us he didn't like something, then we must have really effed up because he <laughs> likes everything we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know how to say it any better than what you just said. Um, yeah, episode. You know, out of thirty-one or thirty-two episodes, there had to be a dud eventually, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's understandable. It's under. I think what happened is like that round of Supercross wasn't all that interesting, so we kind of like. I remember not really wanting to talk about it that day. Yeah, we were trying to, to find honest. things, and we were like, eh, nothing really happened. Nothing really yep. happened. So there wasn't a whole lot happening there. Um, our apologies. Can't win them all. Whoops. 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 So is do right. you want me to take you through the race day on Saturday, or what? Well, what can we I say one th last thing about the team before yeah. we jump into that? We are toying with the idea. I'm just going to spoil it. I'm going to pull you and just set people's expectations and maybe okay. meet them, maybe not. <laughs> okay. But um, we have been talking in the pits about when the Supercross season is over, doing a mega podcast with us two, Mechanic Dan, who I now call Lieutenant Dan, 
<laughs> and driver Jamie. And just okay. basically the whole race team and just recap the stories from the year because every single weekend we are accumulating something hilarious to talk about. And I would love at the end of Supercross for us to just sit down for like hours, like two, three hours and just talk about everything. Because even Dan this weekend, Dan got in super late. He got to our hotel at like 3.30 in the morning, Friday night. And I'm not even going to try to tell the story. because oh, the, sto- the story of him w- walking into the hotel and trying to just hope and pray that he was in the right hotel room was hilarious. Right. He's a good storyteller, too. He's so a good storyteller. Yeah, that, that'll be a good podcast. I'm not even going to spoil it, but it was hilarious what happened this weekend. And nobody could tell it but Lieutenant Dan. So we're going to... We're going to let him tell that story. But yeah, I, we're toying with the idea. We're just trying to figure out schedule-wise when that could happen. But I think that would be mega fun. Yeah, well, there's countless stories, too. Like, we, we went to some hole-in-the-wall bar after the race to get food this weekend, and Jason Anderson was in the kitchen <laughs> for some reason. Like, huh? Like, hole-in-the-wall, crummy place, but it was the only place serving food. And by food, I mean, like, chicken fingers and french fries but we'll take it because mm-hmm. we were hungry you know the constant food dilemma and i'm i get up to go to the bathroom and i walk past the kitchen and i lock eyes with jason anderson i was like huh <laughs> and cam just comes back to the table he goes jason anderson's in the kitchen for some reason and we're like huh and what mechanic, are you talking about mechanic dad without any hesitation he's like if that dude gets his pizza rolls before i do i'm gonna be pissed <laughs> Uh, I got wings and they were actually pretty good. So, oh, good. Yeah, I will say, pretty tasty wings. We're into it. Um, okay, well, Indianapolis Supercross. Let's see, where do we begin? Track walk. I was feeling pretty hopeful right off the bat, to be quite honest. Well, actually, let's start before then. Can we start before then? Sure. Oh, we both woke up. We feeling woke up real good, feeling great. Obviously, like. Mm-hmm. Last couple rounds, I've gone with Dan and Jamie to the track early. And this round, I was like, I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping. We went to bed at like 930. I'm surprised my body even allowed that. And we woke up at like eight. (laughs) Yeah, we got a solid 11 hours. Oh, so nice. So literally, AJ and I woke up. The guys were already at the track. And we're like, man, we feel good. (laughs) Like, I haven't been that well rested ever. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a good point. On the way to the track, I felt very good. Where, I mean, I will say most mornings I feel pretty good. I get quite a bit of sleep typically. But for the morning of a race, I felt especially good. Track walk felt really good just because I knew walking that track, I was just getting excited. I walked the whoops. I was pumped on the whoops. And seeing how it got on press day, I was like, all right, this is going to be my type of track. So I was just excited. And then when free practice takes off, free practice is not timed. It is eight minutes where you just get to go out and learn the track. They do have your lap times, so you can see where you stand, but the lap times don't matter. But for those of you that aren't super involved, or I guess even if you are super involved, a lot of people might not know this. Guys throw down laps in free practice. It sort of just sets the tone for the day. Not that it counts for anything, but people look at those times, people reference those times. Um, So you can kind of make a statement early on. And I've been trying to do that this season and have the guys make sure that they show me the time when it's 
when it's done, just so for, I could also hold myself accountable when the track starts to get more rough and know what a good lap time should be, but then try to be at the top of the board, especially in B group for free practice. So green flag waves, I take off dead last like I've been doing in B group, which tend to, it works okay, I guess. Cause when you try to go first, there's 15 guys that try to go first and you just get stuck with everybody. I just let them go so far that I might as well have gone out first. Um, <clears throat> I turn left, tire tap, table over single, triple, first lap, like didn't even roll it. And I was a little slightly nervous because we put those new Talon triple clamps on and that was the only thing that was new, but I'm like, this could make the bike feel very different. So that was the only thing in my head. But as soon as I did that, I'm like, oh, bike feels great. And we're off to the races, like skim the whoops first lap, jumped the supercross triple for did everything first lap. And it, that alone set the tone. And then I did a 46.9, which was my fastest time all day, actually. It would have been I, in qualifying. The stat was it would have been fastest overall in the 450 class <laughs> which is hilarious yeah yeah but that says something i mean obviously by the time the 450s hit it there was 20 minutes of riding in between us or 16 minutes of riding in between us so it makes a difference but to be the fastest out of the 450s is crazy um but yeah that was my fastest time of the day but i did it right away and that just set the tone i mean right right from that point it's like okay I'm going to qualify top 10. At least that's what I thought in my head. And first time qualifier was, I was top 10 after the first time qualifier also, wasn't I? For some yes. reason, I don't remember that one as clearly. Yeah. I think you were 10th. Yeah. You were 10th. I believe overall was I after the first yeah, so qualifier. First time qualifier. The track was actually getting pretty rutted and kind of gnarly from what I remember, but, and the times were like 40, I want to say I had a 48 or a 49. So the times had slowed significantly from. You're kidding me, dude. <laughs> what is that? I mean, can there be silence for maybe 30 seconds so you can put something in the vlog here? Are you going to use any of this for the vlog? Well, yeah, keep going. I, you know what I'm opening the video with in case you haven't figured it out already? I haven't figured it out. It's Tucker giving you the jersey. Uh, oh, really? Because it's freaking adorable. Yeah, that kid's awesome. Yeah. Dude, no way! <laughs> you gotta get I mean, out of there, dude. Yeah, it's it's really starting to tick me off. Holy So, God. yeah, we ran 48s or 49s in first-time qualifier. There was a little frustration setting in because there was quite a few people in my way. But to a certain extent, that level of frustration is okay. It just sort of gets me motivated and just like gets me angry, which I need a little bit of that on race day. And, but there were definitely guys getting in my way because the whoops, the way these whoops were developing, I don't think anybody else in my group was skimming them. I, if there were, there was maybe one person doing it. So everybody else was either just doubling the whoops or just rolling straight down the middle. So it didn't matter how big of a gap I would create. By the time I'd get to the whoop section, I was on top of three dudes that were going three wide rolling through them. And I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. Can you guys just please do what I do on a slow lap and just go around the whoops? <laughs> yeah. Um, just, I guess, think about what's going on around you a little bit. But I felt really good. 
And then second time qualifier, they always groom the track. Not entirely, but usually the best that you see that track all day long is free practice and then that second time qualifier. Well, it, the heat race, it's pretty darn good as well. But that track's pretty fresh for second time qualifier, minus the whoops. They don't groom the whoops. So <clears throat> you always have to account for that. This track, I knew that they were going to be pretty hairy, but the rest of the track was fast. So I threw down a pretty good time fairly early on, three minutes into that. I think I did a 47-1. And there's a couple things that happened on that lap that could have been better, but I knew it was good. I look over, I pop up to the top of the board, which was solid. Uh, mechanic Dan gives me the 47-1. And I'm pretty sure the whole rest of that practice, I was trying to get more laps. It's not like uh, there was been a couple races this year, like Arlington for the Triple Crown, where I did my lap and the track was starting to get hairy, so I knew my time was good enough and I didn't try for another one. This one I was trying for more. It was just I would run into somebody at the perfectly wrong spot and I would have to just restart my lap and then I'd run into somebody again. But I felt really, really good. Feet on the pegs, that track was very conducive to riding with feet on. I don't think I had to put my foot out in a single corner on that entire track. So. I don't know if the video does justice to that or not, but yeah, feet were on all day, every single turn, which that was fun. Uh, I went up to Hunter before the heat race and Hunter goes, yeah, Dazzy was showing us footage and he was making us watch you going through the whoops because he said that you were the best one through the whoops and he had us studying what you were doing. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. 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 Dude, ah, I wish I saw Hunter more during race day. Does he jet all the time? we had such a cool live stream of that. Mackenzie <sighs> walked over. We had the live stream going. And, of course, I watched back the live stream hoping that Jackson could cut something from it. And the live feed cut out as we were walking into the tunnel. Why? I was I was going to go grab it for the vlog, but now there's nothing. Yeah, we got cool stuff with Cincerillo. We got a really cool conversation with Hunter and his mechanic. Uh it was just a really cool perspective, but that kind of gives me an idea. I want to do that moving forward if we can, because um, it was cool. Assuming mm -hmm. that, that it had worked, that would have been a really cool perspective for everybody inside the Moto Academy app to see. Because we were right down there in the mix in the tunnel, watching the fireworks go off, watching the guys getting ready to roll out for opening ceremonies. Definitely like something that you don't really see every day. There is a hawk circling right next to my balcony and this thing is huge that would be a plot twist oh no that's a uh vulcan is that what it's called vulture probably vulture vulcan that's vulcan? Dave's brand yeah that's an <laughs> ev it's an electric bike that's uh, a vulture circling for something and it's massive okay um anyhow thank you for that insight yeah, yeah um so we're pitted inside, right? Like, it's just cold. It's just cold. It actually ended up being a really nice day at Indy, which was cool. Mm. Um, but we pit inside, so there's no fans that are allowed to come to where we are. The factory boys have big rigs that are heated, so they're all outside. Some privateers will stay out there. The rest of us went into the heated basement, which I think was the right choice. The audio yes. wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, which was my main yeah. concern for the day. Um, 
And it was just nice not having to go in and out of the stadium every time we tried to go in there. You're just in there already. So, like, one of the things that drive me crazy about Supercross is you go from the pits into the stadium, and half the stadiums will make you go through security to get into the stadium, which is, like, wildly, like, inconvenient. (laughs) Um, So it was nice to just be in there already. But what was fun is, like, we decided, oh, let's go, you know, we'll put a thing on Instagram and say, hey, we're at this section. Right. That's the first thing we did in between the qualifiers. And we're like, yeah, we have some time. Let's just go up and see if we can hang out with any fans. And we're literally on the broadcast the whole time. <laughs> Cause we're yeah, just that standing. worked well. Huh? The <laughs> section we picked was right behind the race day live thing. So I just had my back to the interview and it just like a cat zero billboard on the race day live. It was so funny. It was so funny, but which I didn't know until after the fact, but that, Hey, that, that worked. It did work. And what was cool, and then, like, later on, we went outside to the van, all bundled up and hung out with people, and um, just a good time. A lot of fans lot, in Indy. A lot of Moto Academy fans in Indianapolis. A lot of Moto the, Academy may, gear. Maybe the most that I've seen yet. A lot of Moto Academy merch, a lot of hardcore Moto Academy fans, a lot of people inside the Moto Academy app. Premix Papa was there. We met Premix Papa. <laughs> Premix Papa was there. He was in the house. Uh easily top three coolest in the top three of the coolest people inside moto academy just the okay premix papa sends in a lot of questions for the podcast and they're like skits you guys haven't seen most of them i think we'll have to play some today yeah please um but awesome Awesome, dude we hung out with him for a while it was really nice to meet him Mm -hmm. yeah so that was cool I uh, got to see Tucker again, who was a little kid that I met last year. I gave him my jersey last year, so he wore it to the race this year. And then he gifted me one of his jerseys just this epic. year, which was super cool. That's just so funny. And then he signed it. Oh, yeah. And he, it was like, I made him do his first signature, and he, you could tell he made it up on the spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he went T-U and then squiggle. <laughs> yeah. Like, so either awesome. he went T-U and either he forget how, he forgot how to spell the rest of his name or he was just trying to get creative with it, and he threw a squiggle in there. Yeah. But, yeah. Just Good awesome. first signature. Just awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was good to see him again. So he, I finally found the clip of you giving him the jersey. It was at Detroit last year. Oh, uh, yeah. And then it. he came to Indy last year, too. That's what confused me. Because mm-hmm. he was in the vin- Indy video, but I had the jersey already, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, race vlog's probably out already, so you saw how I put all that together. But, um, yeah, it was fun. It was good vibes. It was so much different than Daytona, it's, like, hard to believe. And obviously that's obvious in a lot of ways because it's not a stadium it's inside it's there's no sand yeah all that but also we went from like having nine people to having four of us Mm -hmm. and it's just chill it's just a different vibe it seemed really laid Mm -hmm. back compared to daytona you know what i'm saying it's it was pretty easy uh it was also easier for those guys for sure and for myself not having to do an lcq yeah well we're gonna talk about your full body cramp in a minute but (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) but we're not there yet we're not there okay because we unless you want to be because we got to talk about the heat races we were right heat two yeah we were we thought and i did you hear how many times i kept asking are you guys sure did you double check are you sure that i'm heat two hey we double checked i double checked personally yeah The, the what was to the public said we are in heat two we qualified ninth overall 
heat two, you know, so the way it works in heat races, heat one are all the even numbers, heat two are all the odd numbers as far as qualifying is concerned. Mm-hmm. And we were an odd number, we were heat nine, we are going to have fifth gate pick in second heat. And you can explain to what, what happened because I need the audio for the vlog. <laughs> well, thankfully we were pitted in the tunnel because one of the guys from Star Racing comes running over and goes, you're in heat one, get over here immediately. And I, I'm like, oh, I knew it. Because Devin Simonson had a time that I had a feeling wasn't accurate because I saw him crashed in between the finish line. I'm like, pretty high likelihood that his transponder was messed up. And if that was the case, which is what I was was thinking that was the case, that would bump everybody into a different heat race because like you said, odds go to second, evens go to the first heat. So star racing comes running over. They're saying you're in first heat. So we scramble over there. Uh, turns out I qualified eighth, not ninth. So that put me fourth gate pick in heat one, right behind Deegan. Deegan. So I walk up to I walk up to Hayden, and I I walk right up to his face and I tap him on the side. And I don't I, I'm like don't let the old man beat you, and he just laughs and he goes Yeah right. <laughs> I wish we had got it on film. No, I have the audio. Oh, you do? Well, I have it on Dan, so you can barely hear it. So I don't know if it'll make it in the video or not, but. What was funny is he kind of answered as if he thought you were serious. And he's like, oh, I don't know if that'll happen, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) But I think from my recollection, I'm pretty sure I passed them on the first lap in the heat. Yes. So that is what happened. Then that's the best part. You say, don't let the old man be you. You go out and you pass him in the whoops on the very first lap. (laughs) Oh, I did. Okay. The first lap in the heat is so chaotic. It's hard to tell who you pass and who's passing you. But I thought I remember seeing me go by him in the whoops which is funny and then i think i let him by after the finish line yeah going in that left hander because when a star racing bike is behind you it sounds like it's inside of you (laughs) like (laughs) you can just feel it like it just is so loud that you can feel it in your chest and i'm like yep that's deegan i'm just gonna let him by and I, i think i let him right around the outside of me but yeah so start line of the heat race let's see I was fourth gate pick. I went, I think, five five gates from the doghouse on the left. And I was pretty confident at that point. So my goal on that start, all of the fast guys, everybody that had a gate pick time qualifying in front of me was lined up to my right. So my goal was, okay, the seven guys or however many were to my left, they are not beating me to the first turn. That was essentially my goal for that start. As long as I beat all of the guys to my left to this first turn, we're going to be in a pretty good spot here. Gate drops, good jump out of the gate, shift to third was clean. One bike from my inside skates by, and I think it was actually Simonson on the Cowie, who Simonson is the one who caused all of the chaos in the first couple laps of that heat race. I don't know what you can see based on what you filmed, but um, nothing against him, but he was horrible in the whoops, and he was causing everybody to go everywhere in the whoops, and then he was uh, he doubled the triple, on the first lap when he there was nobody in front of him, he definitely should have tripled it. Yikes. And I tripled it directly behind him. I'm talking, I have never been so close to landing on somebody in a Supercross triple in my entire life. As soon as I took off, I was like, oh, wow, this is really not going to be good. Yikes. I was like, I tapped the rear brake, I leveled out, expecting to land on his back. 
So you're just like, ah, well, this is going to happen. Yeah, I was just leveling out to like get ready to land on his back. And he, the way he scrubbed the landing of the triple, because he went double single, when he scrubbed the landing, it put him just off to the left to where I came down and essentially like skimmed his shoulder. I was so close on the way down. And at that point, I was just furious. I'm like, get this guy out of my way, because everybody else that was around us were, you know, fast, fast dudes. And he just was riding a little all over the place. I don't care if I say that, to be honest. I mean, I, he seems like a nice kid, but he was just riding a little over his head, maybe, or just making mistakes happens to the best of us. And so that first lap was a bit of a blur. But then I got settled in, and I think I started catching the guys in front of me. There was a fort. Came out like sixth place, I think. Did I? I thought so. I I thought at some point you were like up there. But then again, timing and scoring was so screwed up. I didn't know where you were the whole time. It was hard to tell. I think after the pass and the whoops, I might have been six. And then I had to roll the trip or no, I jumped the triple. But that whole chaos in the triple situation might have bumped me back a few spots. I was probably in between six to eighth. Yeah. And I had a feeling I was up there. I knew I was up there. So that was the only reason I, I went for that triple and was pushing on that first lap because I'm like, okay, tonight's not a night. I'm going to let this slip away in the heat race. I'm going to actually push and see how, how deep into this moto I can push it. Even though it's just the heat race, that's a long time to be going at that intensity. And holy cow, I forgot what that intensity felt like. We were doing 47s and low 48s, which my lap, my qualifying time was a 47. So to do that in consecutive laps... I was exhausted. They put out the, the the two sticks with the X, and I obviously, come to think of it, makes most sense that, that would mean halfway. I thought it meant two laps left. Not that I don't do these races all the time or anything. I thought, like, I thought I, it meant two laps left. I so know when that. I came, and it when means, I, I know it means halfway. <laughs> I was so tired, I guess, that I was just delirious. So then when I came around the next lap, and there was no white flag. I'm like, oh, no. And that next lap, no white flag again. I'm like, oh, no. But thankfully, we had created such a gap behind us that I, with when I did get the white flag, Mechanic Dan gave me the pit board. It said P8. I turned around and saw that there was only one guy behind me, and there was nobody else behind him. So I just cruised on the last lap. And it was Talon, Talon Hawkins, Haw right? Talon Hawkins went by me we doubled through the whoops on that last lap nice and slow and there was nobody behind me but i was toast i was toast let me just say maybe it was because you were up there and like i knew you were right on the bubble somewhere i didn't know exactly where you were mm -hmm. but i was like that pace was insane in that heat race it did seem like one of those heats that just worked itself out to where the pace was the pace was very 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 fast it was insane it looked terrifying <laughs> like the pace looked terrifying dude i was like watching all you guys and i'm like they're going so fast and like with two or three laps to go is when cuz i know what your riding looks like right and i know when you're like gassed uh-huh. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Cause what, <laughs> like what, you know, what's funny. This is actually where I noticed where it. Where could you, I was going to say, where could you notice it the most? You know after the, the finish? You no, know, you know, the tire tap. 
Oh, yeah. You come in, like the second to last lap, and like four finger pop the clutch to do the tire tap. And I'm like, he's going to die. <laughs> yeah. That was actually the, that and the whoops became the two. The tire tap was actually maybe the scariest part of the track at that point in the heat because I was just so tired. I couldn't like be precise with that. No, it so didn't I, look precise yeah. at all. No. Like, it no. looked like get the front end up, whatever it takes. Like, oh my god! Oh, well, epic. if it that was a big monkey off off my back. I mean, I haven't made it through a heat race. I had a lot of people saying, "Congratulations, first time ever through the heat." Like that's how long it's been. A yeah. lot of people, even people that know me sort of well, thought that was my first time ever making it through a heat race. Which I'm trying to think back to what year it would have been. I mean, it very well could have been since 2015 that I've qualified through a heat, which that's a long time ago. I've been second, been third, been fourth in heat races, uh, but that was 10 years ago, nine I've years never ago, seen eight it. years ago. Yeah. I remember when so, I heard of you, good. you were in main events, but like you were like 18th and back when I even heard your name for the first time. Yeah, and those were 450 mains, so those were probably all mostly done from the LCQ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a while. It felt good, I guess, to be a little more risky with it. There was a couple of moments that were too high risk for me in that race, for sure. Uh, and it felt good to put forth that much effort for an entire heat race. It was completely, it was complete mama cat is in the house. Literally mama cat? In the house. What's she doing down there? I don't know. She's visiting for a couple days. She got here two days ago, so she overshot me. Oh, nice. She, I don't think she was. She realized I was not here. Whoops. Well, that's okay. That's all right. She just went to the pool, so that's cool. Yeah, but what was nice about qualifying straight through the heat is we had quite a, quite a bit of time, which I needed, because I was completely toast, thought I was going to die, had Jamie massaging my forearms out, was laying on the cement floor, Dude, when I okay, so the I I'm running back right because I needed to get you over the finish because we talked about a freestyle trick and instead you just collapsed when you landed. Yeah, which you called. What? Some somebody called that that was going to happen. Oh, wasn't they're like, me. oh, if he qualifies, he be so tired. There's no way he's doing a freestyle trick. You know what my prediction was actually, and right. Rylan filmed me saying it on something somewhere. And I was like, if he skims the whoops the first lap, we're going to make it through the heat race. And he did. Oh. Yep. I'm just a genius. Anywho. Good. So, um. That's a good prediction. Yeah, yeah. You were gassed. So I stayed out there just in case. And then I run down. And you're not even, like, just on the ground. You're, like, contorted and curled up, kind of, and halfway under, like, a fence. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was under that fence for some reason. Don't know how you got there. Would have loved to see how you got there. And no right, and Jamie's just gently pulling your arms into the air to try to get the blood out of him. And you're just like, ah! <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so pumped up that the arm pump hurt so bad that it was just the most painful arm pump ever. I was, I was toast. But like when I got three quarters to that race, I'm like, well, I'm not giving up now. And it was kind of like when Roxton described when he pulled off and he in the podium, he said, I just kept telling myself one more lap. That was me out there in, 
eighth place in that heat race. Just one more lap. Just one more lap. Just one more lap. Because a heat race felt like forever. And the fact that those guys in, in the 450 class can do 20 minutes at the pace that they do it at, I can't even fathom that, Dude. to be quite honest. Like, really how, do you, how do you feel your fitness is this year? Not good. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not good. I thought you'd say decent. Uh, I'll give it a percentage. Well, what's 100? What year was 100? Oh. 2016, 2017? Okay. Uh, that's last too, year... That's last year, class. We'll use last year as a reference. Yeah, La last year... Fitness would have been 38%. Yeah, I mean, you did, what, a month at club, maybe? Yeah, fitness this year, 68%. Eh. Okay. Well, I was going okay. to I was gonna try to make the point of, like, your fitness is decent this year, and it's still that hard, but never mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 68% for, for me... It's definitely better than the average person, but it's not comparable to even anybody else that's in that 250 main. And I notice it. Like when I get out there and the track gets that rough, my body, I just gave, I just couldn't, there's, there's no way. Mm. And I think I have to accept that for this year. Maybe next year will be slightly different. So this year was like the year of having just enough time to where the fitness was able to get somewhat okay but then the travel schedule started back up and the fitness kind of goes away again but the speed came back a little bit this year which was nice maybe next year we can continue to build on the speed and then if i can get started even a little bit earlier and try to travel a little bit even less than i did this year then maybe we could build on that fitness a little bit more and have some higher expectations in the main event the the heat race i can hold on barely but the the main event i tried for that first i don't know i probably survived six minutes seven minutes and then i my legs gave out i was completely winded and i and then the track fell apart in addition to that and i just went into back into survival mode so you know i was pretty amazed like each person that passed me even henry miller lapped me i'm pretty sure marshall lapped me those guys were pushing hard deep into that moto they're fit they're really fit. Yeah. Yeah, that it's main tough. event was something it's just, else. It's just tough. When you, when, you travel, when you travel as much as I do, it's just not... I don't think it's even humanly possible to be as fit as those guys are at the moment. Now... But we'll, we'll continue to adjust my schedule and my calendar for the foreseeable future as long as I want to race to where it'll make a little bit more sense each year for me to try to be fit yeah now in the least like disrespectful way possible because i don't mean it like this at all but i do basically i don't mean it the way it's gonna sound but it was it was cool to be on the other side i guess of where like all the guys pitted inside our privateers and during the 215 lcq we were the only people in the basement yeah. Like I was, I like, <laughs> I looked around for a second and every, everyone's gone, but us, I was like, wow, I've never seen that before. You know, like it was just kind of neat. It was just kind of neat. Yeah. yeah straight through the cool. heat, man. I think honestly, 
Straight to the Heat is no joke. That it, <clears throat> dude, that pace was insane. Yeah, and it felt it. It felt it. The Isn't speed it? I was having to hit some of those corners. I was just like, what is going on? And it was never like, oh, I have a breathe I have some breathing room here. No, it was like the whole time we were all on top of each other, going what felt like a million miles an hour, doing all these triple ins out of the corners and yeah, it was that was it was just it was just hectic. And that's what's so crazy, right? Because you coming off the track in ninth versus you coming off the track in twelfth is massive. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. three positions. Like, that's just nuts. It was just nuts. Mm-hmm. But it was fun to watch. Man, I just wish timing and scoring worked for <laughs> that year. The one race I make it straight through a heat, yep. nobody even knows. Nobody knows. My, my mom and Allie are trying to figure out in the group chat, like, everybody thinks I'm heat too. But they <laughs> did happen to say, I think, when I crossed the finish line, oh, Cat and Zero or AJ gets the last spot in ninth. So they didn't but in it, the stadium. So maybe they did on the broadcast. I heard that they did in the broadcast, but then it didn't say it said all the wrong names in the corner so everybody was all confused yeah, whatever but it was fun so yeah main event i mean i like we keep talking about a top 15 in the main um but very I think, doable even going even getting tired i could do a top 15 i think just you can do a top 15 i i honestly wonder if you need to i could be completely wrong but not gas yourself out in the first six minutes <laughs> But like, what if you yeah. cruised a little I mean, bit I, more? I don't know. It's I was, interesting. I was cruising though. I wasn't going fast. I was in second to last, just cruising. But well, it still got I, me tired. That yeah. I can't help you with. <laughs> well, yeah. and then again, it's, it's indie. Like that. Those whoops, man. The track was an exception. Yeah. That th- it was one of the roughest main events I've ever ridden, and I've I've probably raced in between eighty to ninety main events in my career. That's top three to five roughest main events I've ever ridden. So if you guys can picture this, I had never seen this until this weekend, at least not in my good, not so good memory, is the dirt is so soft at Indy. Like typically with on-offs, you get a hole right where the back tire lands. The on-offs had a hole where the front tire was landing. From the cre- and it created a wave yes, because there was a, there was a hole for the back tire and the front, so you would land on the on off and it was like this. <laughs> Just from the front tire landing, it made a hole. Like that's how freaking soft the dirt was. Like that's crazy to me. With, and also, there was a couple things like that. There was also giant ruts on the landing of the Supercross triple, which that never happens. Ruts on the takeoff of the Supercross triple is one thing. Ruts in the middle of rhythm sections, that's one thing. But the landing of the Supercross triple, yeah, it makes no that's sense. pretty bizarre. And yeah, there was... It is so hard to ride a track like that. Yeah, so when you're in the main event and you're out there in survival, also stoked you finished again. Right? That's the biggest thing for me. Finish the dang thing. 19th. That's legit. Yeah. Yep, we'll take it. Nineteenth in pro supercross is legit, people. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know how else to say. It. I didn't even realize as a fan before I was there. I remember the second time I met you, you were staying at my house, and we watched the race with a bunch of buddies because it was COVID year. It was twenty twenty, so like mm-hmm. the races started up again, and you didn't go to the rest of them because there was the break in the middle. And we were watching it in the basement and I was, I went and skipped over the LCQs and you were like, what are you doing? (laughs) Those are the best races. And me and my buddies were like, we don't know anybody in the LCQs. 
Like we don't know a single name, you know? So like, we didn't even uh, like, that's funny. Like we didn't, I don't know if you forgot, remember yeah, that, remember. but, um, but it's like, I didn't even realize till being there, what 22nd place in a main event is. That's gnarly. You are a gnarly dude. If you're running last place in a main event, you know what I mean? Like that's hard to pull off. Yeah. Yeah, it 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 really really is. Even in the 250 class 250 and 450. It's and then having to navigate that track in the main. I mean, yeah, I couldn't that's even ride why, the thing. That's why I'm such a fan of watching like the the top guys because it's incredible. I mean, to think the speed that Roxon was going through that rut down the center of those whoops consistently every lap that is so difficult to do that rut was half as deep in our main event and i couldn't balance in it for the life of me i was doing one footers through it like i was a mess like i'd fall out of it fall back into it by mistake i was just like geez louise i have a funny question before we talk talk about roxon what's your mindset when hunter's behind you (laughs) the main event (laughs) why can you tell what my mindset is yeah get out of the way (laughs) oh yeah i like pull over and wait for five seconds and let him go clean by me like i do not i sent him a text so um i had text him a screenshot of the free practice times because i was a second faster than him in free practice and i said step it up son and then he responded after the main event and said albert and he goes i stepped it up quite a bit eh <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, you sure did." And I said, "By the way, you're welcome for being the easiest lapper of all time to pass." Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I just don't. I mean, obviously, that's the last thing I want to do is be the guy that screws him up. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? That'd be so, an awkward Monday. Yeah, I just I try and really, really get out of the way. But on a track like that, that becomes tough too because now you're navigating. Which is why I can empathize with, you know, fans will get so mad when a lapper doesn't get out of the way. But sometimes, especially when these guys are lapping up to 8th, ninth, 10th, in 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th place, you're always kind of battling with somebody. So you're trying to navigate your own race. And it's not just one person that you have to allow by. Then it's the second place guy. Then it's the third place guy. Then it's the fourth place guy. So it's like you have to try and keep your rhythm going a little bit. Do you ever, sorry. Or else you end up doing what I did, which is like you're off the track more than you're on it because you're letting people buy so much. Well, my question was going to be like, do you lose track of who's lapping you and who you're racing with? Yeah. And you can play strategy with that as well. So I think I tried, there was the Cowie guy at, what was his name? The Cowie guy. was his first main event ever. What? The the Cowie guy that made the first main event, he was pitted right next to us, number 300. I oh, can't remember. Oh, that's name. why he was getting interviewed. Don't know his name. Sorry, buddy. We were next to you all um, day. <laughs> yeah, he, he was nice. And he rode really well in the main. I think he beat me. Wow. Pretty sure. Good for him. Yeah. But there was one point where he was turning around, letting all the, the guys by, and I went by him pretending that I was in the race. <laughs> and I've done that a lot of times. I've also done it to where. I'll panic rev and like scare them to really make them think that I'm the guy on the lead lap. And then 
it's too late by the time they let me buy I'm already buy them. So, yeah, there's you can strategize with that as well. It's it's a hard thing. Getting lapped is a really tricky thing to navigate. I've actually always wondered that. <laughs> like if you cuz I've I've always wondered like when the leaders come by I'm like you could just panic rev cuz that's FYI. I think everybody knows this. When the leaders come and they Gosh. panic rev to let the lapper know that they're coming. Yeah. Did you spill water all over yourself? No, not water. Gr athletic greens. So now I just I've stained my shirt. I, I got to change. So I just put my shirt on inside out. Can you tell? I mean, sure. No, you're good. Um, this is actually a funny. I feel like this would be a funny YouTube clip being lapped. Um, because I have always wondered, because, you know, the leaders come and they panic rev to let the lapper know that they're a leader. And I'm like, why wouldn't you just do that if you were in the race? Like, what oh, a goal. we do. <laughs> so yeah, everybody's panic I do. I definitely do. Uh, I've done that so many times. So many times. And it works? Because you can't tell. You can't tell. Right. You don't know. You, you get When you're out there, when you're trying to look around and look behind you, you usually just catch a flash of what color the bike is. You're not always seeing, oh, that's, you know, like if a Yamaha comes by me, I can't tell if it's Deegan or Thrasher or who it is. I can just tell it's a Yamaha. And, and yeah, so you can play that to your advantage big time, especially when you're in that mix of, you know, 12th to 17th. Where usually those guys, 12th to 15th, those guys are battling. They're battling at a good pace to where it's not super far off. The guys, like when you're getting lapped, you're not really that far off that pace. Uh, it's really hard to tell. Yeah, that's funny. That's awesome. I love that idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. A good weekend. Can't complain. Solid. Can't P19. complain. Scoring points. I think I have 10 points. Maybe. I'm not sure. I have no idea. So what's the what's the goal going into Detroit? Top 10 in time qualifying, straight through the heat again, and then just a better main event, hmm. I would say, right? I would say, yeah. I mean, I would say I would go in with two goals, personally. Goal number one, go through the heat. Goal number two happens if goal number one doesn't happen. And that's win the LCQ. I honestly, like, okay. <laughs> Are you kidding me? What is that noise? I need a friggin' sniper rifle. Okay, that's a little <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> okay, so. just with, We'll just use rubber bullets just so we knock them out. Okay, good. Nice. I like that. Okay, so. Um, what, do you want me to botch the heat race so I can just no, win no, no. the LCQ? No, I don't want you instead? to botch the oh. heat race, but I want you, I want you to win an LCQ. Mm. I don't know. Take that how you will. I want. I. I would. Mu for your sake, for your physical health, I'd rather you go through the heat race. But I want you to win. I an want LCQ. to do a freestyle trick. Oh, the tug no hander was sick. Did it look good on video? Yeah, I totally forgot about it until last second. Barely got it, but I got it. Good. Cool. I love slow mo or real speed or what? Oh, real speed. When I say I forgot, I mean I forgot. I barely got. I'm just glad I got it at all. But it was funny to listen to Dan's mic and hear everybody on the line being like, "I was sick." <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because you were lined up next to Henry Miller, and then somebody else was right next to you. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, um, yeah, I'm all about the freestyle tricks, but I want to see an LCQ <laughs> win because you get interviewed, okay. which would be great. 
for content. Great for Moto Academy. Um, and honestly, I just want to see if you remember to say subscribe to the Moto Academy or not. Oh, I'm sure I wouldn't. I'm sure I wouldn't. If you actually win an LCQ and get interviewed on TV and don't say that. <laughs> Worst business owner of all time. I, I, don't know what, I don't know what happens next. I don't know what happens next. Um, okay. 450 class. Sure. Uh, is Chase cursed? Mm. I had a feeling that was going to happen on that type of track. He crashed kind of hard, too. He didn't get hurt, did he? Uh, no, but I think what he pulled off was wildly impressive. Did you Whoop. see his front wheel? No. When I no. say his bars were like this. Oh, they, I had a feeling the way the, his bike crashed. That the, really, they were that tweaked? And I mean, all I could tell, I was looking at what you were looking at. I haven't watched the broadcast. I haven't seen any other stuff. But when we were there, I'm like, those bars are completely sideways. And the dude just adapted and rode well, which is wild, dude. Like, yeah. To ride or track that rutted with just doing one of these. Yeah. Everybody probably knows that feeling of crashing, getting back up, and you're like, gosh darn it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're just bad enough to where like it just takes a couple laps. But yeah, to ride a rutted track where you have to be really precise, especially with front tire placement, that's that's tricky. But uh, just another product of, I guess, sort of, kind of, not reading the specific corner correctly he hit the corner too fast which is what made him explode into it too hard put too much weight into the bike drag the foot pegs and then cause the endo i mean he was also taking that middle rut yeah, rather than I the didn't, inside didn't love that line you know no. who had the best line in that corner was roxon roxon's best part of the track in my opinion was uh after the whoops, the 90 degree left into that on off. He was killing that. The only lap he messed it up was the last lap. Of course. Yeah. But Roxon was really solid in that section. And Sexton was going one rut to the right of that. And it just seemed like it was too deep and it had a hook in it. And it just didn't. He probably should have moved out of that line a couple laps before that. So it was obviously a crazy race. Chase way back there. Eli way back there. Webb has a red plate now. Man, what does the heck? does he lose it? I can't imagine Webb loses a red plate now once he gets that thing. I think he will. I think he's going to lose it this weekend. Really? Wait, he's up by two, he's up by two points now. Tomat Detroit is a track that by the time the main event in the 450 rolls around, it would be pretty hard packed. Uh, Tomac will win this coming weekend. I it's, would guess. It's a hard pack? I don't know. I can't remember Detroit. Yeah, it's pretty hard pack. It's oh. like... I couldn't it's be similar. Any. It's similar to uh, maybe Arlington, except it's just not red. It's yeah. a very different color, but it's ruts up a little bit, but then it has a very hard base from what I remember. So by the time the 450s get out there, yeah, I would guess that Sexton will be very fast. Tomac will probably win. But... Yeah, once once Webb gets momentum and confidence, it is definitely difficult to stop him. But I would guess that this weekend's track would coming up would not be his suiting his style. Now, you've set up until this point 
that Sexton's your guy. Oh. 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 We're yeah, over halfway. Sexton. To win the championship. Sure. Why I'd not? love to see it. Yeah, why not, really? I mean, who freaking cares? <laughs> I mean, isn't it amazing how people make millions and millions and millions of dollars every year predicting sports and they're never right? Oh, yeah. And then the next year they sign a contract for millions and millions and millions of dollars to do well, it again. Most, most of them barely know what they're talking about. I, you know, like well, I really know what I'm talking about and I still obviously can't accurately guess. So if that's the standard, I don't know why we don't get paid millions of dollars. If yeah. I mean, we're doing the same thing, we're just getting predictions wrong. Is it? I thought that's that's the yeah. job. Speaking of predictions and getting them wrong or right, I've been hearing so much about fantasy Lately, it's getting more popular. I think. Honestly. Well, it's getting annoying to hear. Okay, indie, I think what people have to remember is that the writer is an actual person. So, like, <laughs> I do have something to say about that, though. So, when the writer does well, and especially if he does poorly, nobody wants to hear about how that affected your fantasy. Okay, so a little backstory. Especially when the especially when the rider does poorly, you know, like what, if I don't make the main, do you really think that I want to hear from all of these people? Oh, well, you screwed my fantasy, man. Oh yeah, sorry about your fantasy world. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> literally, make, I didn't make the main event in the real world in real life. So it's just so annoying. I guess it's fine to hear if if it helped your fantasy. Fine, that's positive. But if 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 somebody screwed up your fantasy, don't remind them that you screwed up their fantasy because it's the rider's life that didn't make the main event it's, and it's your fantasy world. So two God, thoughts. I hate that. Two thoughts. One, okay. I am that guy. Every time you've been on my fantasy team, you've made the main this year. Just put oh, that well, out that's, there. That's good. <laughs> the, that's the positive side of it. Yeah. I'm not going to, well, yeah, I'm not going to say that. Let's just say you can only choose riders one week in a row. <laughs> Oh, well, if I make the main on a weekend where you don't choose me, that doesn't affect you either way. Exactly. Right? Yeah. No, that was, a, that was supposed to be a joke. Right, anyway. um, second of all, for a little, <laughs> the reason we're talking about this, Indy had a lot of intoxicated fans for some reason, it seemed like. Didn't it feel like there were a lot more than normal? Well, definitely standing right next to where we were. So where we were... <laughs> Roxon, like, you know, falls to the ground, like crying right where we were standing. Okay. And it's just this epic moment. And the guy in front of us turns around. He's like, he screwed my fantasy. And we're just like, get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> just root doing everything in his power to just ruin this moment for everybody else that was standing there. I thought driver Jamie was going to punch the guy in the face to be oh, quite honest. Yeah. He, Jamie could have picked him up and probably threw him. Um, I thought that that guy was going to get punched, but it was like, really man, like such an epic moment. And you are so wasted and so low level <laughs> that you're worried about your freaking fantasy team being screwed up because Roxon won. So you know what's cool? Roxon was a polarizing character in the 250 class going in the 450 class. He was very confident, let's say, and he was very good. 
So he comes in, smoking everybody. He was a polarizing figure, right? And I think at Indy, everyone was like either stoked or that's wicked cool. Except for that one guy. <laughs> Except for the one guy. Except for the one guy. Yeah. If if you had asked me, I would have probably bet money that he would have never won again. So that is so, so impressive and inspiring in the sense that, like, talk about persistence. Somebody that gets beaten down time and time and time again with injuries and then comes back and gets sick all the time doesn't get the results that he wants and to still just keep showing up and, ha- and somehow still have that level of belief in yourself to where you can still win a race is insane. I mean, insane. You go from factory Honda to Suzuki after having how many career ending injuries? Three, two, like the dude shouldn't have won last year, right? Or no, the year I, before that. Sorry, year before that. Because he swept Indy in 2021. Remember that? He and won that, all three And that was the last time he's won? Well, that was one of the f- early times that he won after his injuries, wasn't it? Am I out to lunch? Can't remember. Why am I even trying to say Can't something remember. like that? Why am I even trying? I'm going to get no. roasted in the comments. Anywho, um, disregard. He, he shouldn't have won after his injuries and then did, right? That was crazy. But then it's like, now you're on a Suzuki, and it's like Suzuki hadn't won a heat race in how I think that was Suzuki's first win in oh, he's six trying or another seven years. Again. No, he's I heard trying I, another step. <laughs> it was like six or seven years, right? It was a long time. I don't like, know. All I know is that. Gosh dang it! I hate this podcast. Is, <laughs> I I heard a Mike Rondo was on a podcast with Gypsy Tales, and him and Jace were talking, and he mentioned something about how he would hire a motocross person over anybody just because of the the mentality and the persistence that it takes to just be a motocross person, not even at the pro level, just a motocross person, period. And that is exactly why. That is like an inhuman level of persistence and self-belief. It just, it's crazy. It is so cool to me. And that is so hard to do. And it's like the same thing that all of us are trying to do at that pro level on a different scale, right? Like with me, with making the main event or trying to get back to wherever I used to be, always having that self-doubt of, okay, is that in the past? Can I be that good again? And you're constantly reminded on the dirt bike, nope, this weekend, nope, you're not good enough. Uh, The next weekend, nope, you're not good enough. That's really hard, really hard. And... Not to mention doing it in like a nail bite, just a race that came down to base the last lap as well. So not only managing like all of your thoughts leading up to that event in the past years of his life, but every lap of that main event as the clock's ticking down and like what's going through his head. And he said on the podium how he was just one lap, one more lap, one more lap, one more lap. Which, yeah, he, he led every very, lap, I think. Didn't it, he? I think so. Yeah. Just really cool to me. Really cool. 
I don't know. I can't see what I'm looking at. First win in seven years. <laughs> For Suzuki? Suzuki, yeah. And who would have been the last person? Him, I think. What? Yeah. Pretty sure. Gary, Are you sure? Uh, I'm pretty sure. It wasn't. When did James Stewart retire? I don't know. Uh, you think I know this crap? What year are we in? Why is this the longest article ever when I just need a simple thing? Don't you hate uh, that? What else happened at Indy? No one really cares. Hit me with some questions. Um, yeah, I mean, Barsha is owning all of a sudden. But other than that, nothing happened. Yeah. Two yep. really good weeks in a row. Speaking of mindset and all of that, it's amazing how when that light switch goes, it goes. Especially for a guy like Barsha. Barsha will have a really good rest of the season, probably. He'll either yes. crash hard or he'll do really well and probably be on the podium a bunch more. I like to see him do well also. And I'm also glad that that whole race played out the way it did because that could have made him a huge enemy of the state. <laughs> yeah. You know, Can you, imagine? you know what I mean? Like as that race was winding down, I'm like, oh no, like don't just don't take out Kenny in this situation because no one will ever forgive you for that one. But Gosh, it was cool to just, see after the race too. It was like just those so guys cool. hugging each other, Anderson coming over, all the guys going over. Yeah, very cool. That's what that I was, was gonna a, say. I'm glad I was there to watch that. That's a pretty for anybody who didn't think that was wicked cool, that solidifies it. Like, so many riders just came up and was like, wow, that was sick. Like, you know. Yep. And then uh, to cap off the night, driver Jamie got a picture with on Kenny's bike somehow. I, dude, when he showed me that, <laughs> I was like, you did not just sit on the Suzuki that just won. Ken Rocks, is, <laughs> he, he just went up to his mechanic apparently was like, Hey, can I take a picture with that? He's like, yeah, sure. He's like, can I pick, take a picture on it? He's like, yeah, just hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, it was such a good picture too. Epic. That's like the most iconic thing. Can yeah. you imagine what Sinjin, his son, is thinking right now? Oh. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I was oh, so happy man. when I saw that picture. I'm like, no way. No like, way. A history-making night and then just driver Jamie just <laughs> posted up on his bike in the tunnel like when not nah all right all right let's let, let's hear some questions hopefully we got some from premix pop it yeah i think Cam's pulling these up if you want to send in your own questions all you have to do is be inside of the moto academy app so download the app in the app store or go to club.themotoacademy.com and submit your questions they don't have to be motocross related they can be about anything that you want them to be cam and i will help you with dirt bike advice Workout advice, life advice, relationship advice, fashion advice. Why not? What else am I really good at? Uh, hair transplant advice. Mm. You name it. Ask it. Club.themotoacademy.com. Send in your questions. Do we have a fire uh, Premix Papa one to start? Starting off with Premix Papa. Hello, Premix Papa. This is Premix Hotline. Hey, AJ. Hey, I have a real quick question. So when you purchase your facility and it's up and running, will you start your own racing series? 
Yeah, like the, a feed on peg racing series in a downhill slalom style with uh, mm. bracket lap times. Yeah. What do you think? Premix Papa, everybody. <laughs> wow. The Premix Papa hotline. Uh, what was the question? Uh, well, you start your own racing series. If you have a facility. I own a facility. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, hopefully we own a facility soon. That would be a cool next step for Moto Academy. And will I start my own racing series? Sure. Why not? I have never thought about that, honestly, until he just asked that. But why not, right? Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. I don't know. I'd almost want to start my own Supercross racing series. What was that? What? What do you mean? Like an amateur Supercross racing series, but... I mean, sure, that'd be fun. Yeah, right? I, I'd be down. Hmm. I never thought about that, but I think that would be cool. What we could do is you could do, just like how I, when I used to race Winchester Supercross, you would have it. Honestly, you could do it just in the same exact format of Supercross if you wanted. You could have time qualifying to where the 40 people make it to the, the night show. You could have your heat race, your LCQs, and your main events. You could have payouts for each class. And you could do a point system from 50 cc's all the way up through on like a version two style supercross track to where it's pretty technical, but obviously nowhere near real supercross. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. Good idea. Remix Papa. I like it. Yeah. I mean, that'd be fun. It, like, and we could live stream it inside of the app. Like local races or whatever. Um, that's cool. You'd want to do races at a facility? I think that'd be I think that'd be sweet. Yeah. I think that'd never be sweet. I honestly have never thought about it, but yeah, it'd be a good opportunity to live stream stuff, right? Yeah. I would love the idea of doing like Yeah, just like Moto Academy like either races or or, or you know it would be kind of fun. And I mean this if you had a facility it would probably happen anyway of like you know, like what we would do for YouTube videos where it's like, oh, we'll do an amateur race, but if you dab your foot, you're docked <laughs> for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Like, that would yeah, be, that'd that, be freaking that awesome. That would be interesting. That'd be a, that'd get a lot of people mad, probably. Yeah, I like oh, that. Okay. All right, next one. Oh, there'd be so it. many disputes. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah, big time. All right, here we go. Hey, Cam. Hey, AJ. It's uh, Chris or King Friday from Oregon. AJ about a couple of the riders. Um, first one is Roxon. Do you think Roxon is getting arm pump? Um, and the other question is about Cooper Webb. Um, is it his technique that makes him so strong late in the race? Um, he seems to be the least athletic and the slower of the top guys, but just comes on and hunts him down late in the race. So. Um, yeah, you might have touched on this before, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on on those two guys. King Friday, good question. Answer to number one, Roxon. I think maybe there's a time and a place where he struggles with a little bit of arm pump, but I don't think that Roxon gets arm pump super frequently. He actually gets fatigue. So, and that's from the injuries that he's had. I think he just, he gets tired. So that's what you see late in the race with him. It's happened, honestly, since he's had all those surgeries. And then Webb, no, I would say it's not technique for Webb late in the race. It's like per, straight up just perseverance and just want it, just 
having that mindset of just being the just the animal that's just chasing you down and hunting you down that's what Cooper Webb is that's why he's so good you could always count on him late in the race especially when he's in second or third place and coming through yeah that has nothing to do with technique that is just straight up I'm coming for you mentality next question hit me with it Uh, let's do one more Hey, Albert, I was wondering if you could explain the difference between the whoops going up a dragon's back and the supercross whoops. Uh, the dragon's backs always look really flowy uh, watching it on TV, while the supercross whoops, well, they're, they're as brutal as brutal can be. And uh, yeah, I'd like to hear how you might ride them differently, how, they're, you know, how differently they're constructed, if at all. And uh, finally, so you don't have to remember, shout out to Coach James. Have a good day, guys. <laughs> yes. Oh no. What is he is he insinuating that we forget Coach James? Uh well would he would probably be doing it rightfully so. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, oh, sorry, shout out, James. Shout out Coach James. The reason I don't shout him out on this podcast is I don't think he listens to the podcast. So I just shout out Coach uh, Coach Jamie. I shout out Driver Jamie because I know he listens to every single podcast. But shout out to the whole team. We got Doctor Resistible Ryan. We got cameraman Cam. We got HR Hannah. We got mechanic Dan. We got driver Jamie. We got coach James. You're doing it. We got the Rob Father. You're doing it. We got. Don't forget anybody. (laughs) Oh, I'm nervous. Is there somebody missing? I honestly wasn't listening when you started, so I don't know. Uh, I probably forgot somebody. And what was the question? Oh, Dragon's Back versus Whoops. Good question. Real GP. Believe it or not, the technique in which you hit them, it should be exactly the same. Now, mentally, dragon's backs freak a lot of people out because it is, it's intimidating. It's scary to have to skim whoops going uphill and then have to jump whatever distance after it. But you're supposed to hit it exactly the same, same gear selection, same body position. Nothing, nothing changes. With the dragon's back, you have to be really precise that you make sure you hit that last whoop, where in supercross whoops, you maybe could jump over the last whoop so you can get settled in for the corner. So maybe that would change a little bit. The way they're built, I'm not sure what's different. I know Supercross whoops are usually maybe 10 to 14 feet apart, which sounds insane how far apart that would be. But I'm pretty sure that's the spec. I think Dragon's Back would be roughly the same, probably closer to 10 to 12 feet apart. Um, maybe the main difference is that the Dragon's Backs will typically break down differently than whoops would. So like this weekend... In Indy, for example, the whoops just turned into just crazy deep ruts going through them, which was insane. It's I've never seen a dragon's back form like that. Usually dragon's backs will form maybe V's or grooves that are small, but more commonly just like straight up cupped out. I like dragon's backs. I'm, I'm happy that they've been doing them a decent amount this season because it seemed like there was a few years there where they kind of went away. But... Yeah, I think it's a good traditional supercross. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Obstacle. Obstacle. Okay. Well, I'm over this. I'm so thirsty. Mm. I just landed my flight, so I need to take a nap. Um, and then I'm going to go riding tomorrow. I think. I'm going to ride tomorrow and the next day. And then we'll see you guys in Detroit. 
So if you're going to Detroit, make sure you, oh, you won't be able to come and find us. So what we'll do, since they throw us in the janitor's closet there, we are going to come up, find a section in the stands. We'll go inside of the app and we'll go on Instagram, let you guys know where we are. So stop by, say hi. Sick. And yeah, then it goes Detroit, then Atlanta. So hopefully we'll be seeing a lot of you guys soon. Subscribe. All that good stuff. Episode 32, number one podcast in motocross, Moto Academy podcast. We're going to have an actual studio very, very soon within probably the next 60 days. No, maybe a little more than that, but pretty soon. And it'll be nice and quiet. Won't have to worry about trains, helicopters, ambulances, police cars, Lamborghinis, um, Ford Mustangs, Dodge Chargers, or any of the other annoying things here in downtown Tampa. Okay. That was fun. Hopefully, Driver Jamie gives us the rating of approval. And let us know. Send us a message inside the Moto Academy app. Rate us 1 to 10 on what you guys thought this podcast was. <laughs> okay. Please don't do that. <laughs> All right. Toodaloo.